0: Well, it is great to be able to make that announcement this morning that Andrew and here, Andrew and Rosemary are here in person with us this morning, that Andrew is coming on the staff here at the church. We're super excited about that. I don't know, when I, when I look at, at the people that God has brought uh, together at Mount Hope, the team that God has brought together uh, across Mount Hope, but even as I think about what God's done here in Belmont over the last five years, we've been here just over five years, and the team that he has brought together uh, Justin uh, and Melissa leading our children's ministry, and Carmelina and that worship team that you just we worshiped with this morning, and, uh, and Ting and a lot of the things that he does behind the scenes, and then to add Andrew along with that team, I'm really excited for what God is going to do. It makes me think that God's going to do something big among us uh, if he would bring a, a group together of that quality, and I'm really blessed to be able to work with that team. And so we're excited, Andrew. I told Andrew I'm bummed, and Rosemary, I'm, I'm bummed because we would normally, the thing we do best is like coffee and cake and, and all that kind of stuff after a service, and this would be a, a service to have all of those things. Uh, but Andrew and Rosemary will be around after the service for those of you who are here if you'd like to talk to them a little bit more. But as Justin said, we are going to be in Luke chapter 4 together for the next few moments, and if you have one of these uh, Black Pew Bibles in front of you, it's page eight 800- hundred and 59 will be on. But we are walking through, if you know, we started last week looking at the temptation passage of Jesus, and some of you may not know, uh, some of you that that aren't necessarily familiar with the story that Jesus came down to this earth. He's fully God, but he's also fully human, and as someone who is fully human and made in human nature, the Bible says, uh, he experienced temptation, just like you do and just like I do. Temptation to not do the things that God says to do Uh, to do the things that God says not to do. He experienced that in a really real way. And so we're looking at these passages and asking ourselves, what do we learn? What do I learn? What do you learn about how we should face temptation in our own life? I don't know about you, but for me, it's gotten to the point that I almost drive uh, nowhere anymore. I mean, even the places I know how to get to without one of my GPS apps on. Like, I don't know if that's, if that's how you operate, but that's how I operate. Almost always, I, I try to have one of those apps on, and the reason I usually use one, even if I know where I'm headed, I certainly use them if I'm not exactly sure where I'm going, but even if I know where I'm going, I have one on, is because there's something inside of me, and I, I bet there's something inside of you too, something inside of me that no matter where I'm going, I want to get there the fastest way possible. I want to make sure that the the route that I take is as easy and smooth and as quick as it can possibly be. That's what I want to have happen. So even yesterday when I ran to Bed Bath & Beyond to pick up something for our family, I know exactly where that is relative to my house, but I put that on because there's a couple different ways I could go. And if one way was 15 seconds longer than the other, I didn't want to take that way. Right? There's something inside of me that I want to get there as, as fast as I can and as, as smooth as I can. If there's an accident, I want to avoid it. And so I don't know about you as you use those GPS apps, but for me, there's every once in a while I put in my destination and I kind of know where I'm going. And the path that the GPS gets me, gives me doesn't really seem like uh, the path that I would normally choose to take. And even though I know in my head that that GPS sees things that I can't see and knows things that, that I can't possibly know, it has access to data that I could never possibly access, that there are, I don't even understand how it works, that there's satellites and algorithms and somehow they all work together to tell me exactly where to go and how much time it's going to take. I can't understand it. I just know it works. Even with all of that going on, there's still these times that I look at what that GPS tells me to do, and I think in my head, I can get there faster on my own. That even though it has access to all the data, and it sees everything, and it knows everything, that I look at it and I say to myself, ah, I think I got a quicker way. And I don't know if you've ever done that. You're sitting in traffic, and you're looking at that GPS thing, and it says to keep sitting in traffic, and you say to yourself, I have a quicker way. And I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I veer off and I pull off and try to do my own thing and go my own back roads, it almost always <laughs> never works out. Sure enough, there was an accident I didn't know about, or sure enough, there was a construction crew that I didn't know about. In fact, for me, uh, it usually ends up somewhere along in the realm of this poor truck driver here that I found that when I try to take a shortcut, it just doesn't really go the way I wanted to. And I think that I'm smarter. I think that I know how to get there faster, and I think I know how to get there with less problems, but it never really works out that way. I think a lot of us are wired that when we feel like things are taking too long, when we feel like things are, are going in a way that's, that's too complex, we're tempted to take matters into our own hands and find our own way, our own shortcut to get through things those times when we skip the tutorial video, or we throw away the instruction book, because we can get it done faster without those things. There's this temptation inside of us to shortcut the process and get to the same destination, but to do it our own way. And the question for us this morning, the question that we're going to be asking, is what do you do when it feels like God is taking too long, and it feels like God's Path, God's direction, the journey that God is taking you on is not going the same way that you want to go. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, my guess is that you've experienced this, and if you haven't experienced it, uh, you're going to. That as Christians, we say to God, We want to follow you, you're in charge, and we expect that God would move and act in our lives that he would make things better over time, that he would take us in a good direction. That's what we're trusting him with. And God, you're in charge and we're going to follow you. But at some point in your walk with God, at some point in following him, I think we all feel like that God's just taking too long to get certain things done. Like you trusted him that he would change circumstances in your family or change circumstances in your life or give you the better job or move you into a new place or give you a better group of friends or heal that thing that's going on inside of you. And you expect that he's going to do this work. In fact, some of us may feel like he's promised us he's going to do this work, but yet he's not doing it in the time frame that we think he should do it in. We pray and we put those, those coordinates in of where we're hoping to go and where God will take us and we see the path that he lays out or we're journeying on the path that he lays out and it's taking far longer than we want it to take and it's taking us to places that we did not expect to go. What do you do in those moments? Well, I think as we see Jesus, and if you were with us last week, we read this whole passage, is we see Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days having not eaten that entire time. Now being tempted by the devil, it's interesting that very first verse of this passage in chapter four says that Jesus is in this spot because the Holy Spirit led him there. He didn't veer off course. He's on course. This is right where he's supposed to be. And you can imagine maybe what's going on in his head as he's following his father's instructions. He's doing what it is that God has told him to do. And here he finds himself in the wilderness, no food, now being tempted by the devil. And there has to be something going on in his mind where he's wondering if God has lost his way, if this is really the best path to be taking. Is it really worth staying on this path? Because it's probably taking longer than he thought it was going to take and certainly it's taking him to places that he may never have expected to go. And so in this sort of moment where Jesus is processing this and in your life, when you're wondering what in the world is God doing and why is he taking so long? And why are we going this way? The devil likes to sneak in and try to get you to shortcut the process. And we're going to look at how he tries to get Jesus to do it, and we're going to talk about how he tries to get us to do it and talk about what it is that we should do. So here we are in Luke chapter 4, verse 5. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. And said to him, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So what's happening here? What's going on in this moment? The devil is coming to Jesus in the midst of this place where I would guess that Jesus didn't necessarily know that he was going to be and experiencing these things that I don't know if he, if he, how much he was able to know how much he was going to experience. And the devil comes into this place in this moment. And he does something that he does to you and to me. I can promise you that in your life, when it feels like God's plan is taking too long, you will be tempted to take a shortcut. When it feels like God's plan is taking too long, you will be tempted to take a shortcut. You have Jesus in this moment. And the plan is this, that he will be granted authority one day. But in order to reach that place of authority, he's going to spend the next three years loved by some, hated by others. He's going to spend the next three years with religious leaders and Roman officials trying to track him down. He's going to spend the next three years with some people worshiping him and some people wanting to kill him. And then ultimately that's going to culminate in him going to the cross and suffering horribly for your sin and for my sin and then being raised from the dead and finishing that process. And only after all of that, walking that road for the next three years and going through that pain over that time, is Jesus going to be given and granted a place of authority. As long as he follows his father, this is the pathway that's ahead of him. And the enemy comes up and says, I'll give you authority. I'll give you authority. If that's what you want, I'll give it to you right now, see, there's this thing inside of you and me that wants good things as quickly as we can get them. If someone tells us, someone tells us they can help us get what we want faster and more efficiently, we are prone to buy in on that and take it, like like the popularity of the life hack websites and the memes that get shared, like if there's ways to do things more efficiently and more quickly and get a good result as fast as we possibly can, we're wired and we're prone to jump all over that, aren't we? It's like the infomercial. The infomercial is effective because uh, it starts with some picture, a leaky gutter or something like that, and they say, has this ever happened to you? And you think to yourself, that has happened to me, and it's super frustrating. And they say, well, then we have have the solution for you. Right now, if you send us 40 bucks, we'll send you this can of, of black spray stuff, and it will fix all of your problems. And if you're ever stuck in a rowboat with a screen in the bottom, this will keep you afloat. And by the end of that commercial, you're not sure if it actually works, but something inside of you is like, what if it does? Like, what if it does? And I don't have to hire someone to fix my gutters, and I don't have to get those gutters replaced. What if the spray can actually works? And so we send off the 40 bucks, we get the spray can, we find out whether it works or not, and I don't know if it does, but our basements and our attics are like shrines to the fact that a lot of our purchases to do things more efficiently and faster actually just end up being kind of a waste of time and money but there's something inside of us that we're prone to buying into that. I've seen infomercials that I know it doesn't work. I know it doesn't work. I know I can't look like that by exercising 30 seconds a day. Like I know that doesn't work. And yet, as I'm watching it in my head, I'm thinking to myself, that might actually work. They're being very convincing. And the devil comes in And somewhere in our minds, we know that God's plan is best and we know that his way is best. But the devil has this way of coming in and saying, listen, I'll get you the results you're looking for. I'll help you get there. We're just going to do it my way instead of God's way. And we are so prone, if we're not careful, to taking that path and Jesus, in this moment, is so prone to saying, you know what? Yeah, let's give me the authority, and let's, let's forget these next three years. But if he does that, it's, it's disaster for you and for me. And so Jesus, he rejects the temptation. He says no. And he does it for two reasons. And it's the same reasons that you and I, when you experience that temptation to shortcut God's plan, need to stay on the path that God has for us. The first reason is this. When you shortcut God's plan, when you shortcut God's plan, you miss important work that God does along the way. When you shortcut God's plan, you miss important work that God does along the way. I should have used the spell check shortcut on that slide. That's my fault. When you shortcut God's plan, you miss important work that God wants to do along the way. Jesus has the next three years of ministry ahead of him. And in those three years, people are going to be healed And lessons are going to be taught. And God's glory is going to be revealed among the people for you and for me for centuries in ways that it never would have been revealed otherwise. And ultimately, when Jesus goes to the cross and fulfills God's plan of redemption and he dies in that place, it opens up the door for relationship between us and our maker and our creator. And in Jesus' death and resurrection, he does what we never could have done on our own. And if Jesus takes this deal, if he shortcuts God's plan to authority, if he he takes this away, then he is going to take away all of that work that God is going to do over the next few years. I can tell you that there is work that God longs to do in your life. And sometimes it takes time. I've often found that God does his best work in the hardest circumstances of life. That God is able to do more in changing us and making us into the people he's created to be in the challenging circumstances of life than he ever could if the path was smooth and easy. There is work that God wants to do in your life as you follow him on the journey. In New York City and in, in this nation, uh, after the horrible events of 9-11, the rebuilding process, I don't know if, if those of you can remember, if you remember the rebuilding process, it started rather quickly. Almost immediately after that event, there was this, this feeling and this call that we are going to rebuild here in this place. And they took submissions for, for buildings and designs from different architects, and then they decided on a design. And work began in earnest. Uh, almost immediately from the cleanup to starting to dig the foundation and laying a cornerstone. And uh, it took thousands of hours behind the scenes and in front of people, and it took thousands of workers, and it took uh, uh, tons and tons of steel and tons and tons of concrete. But once the Freedom Chower plan was chosen and construction work went into effect, by May 17th, 2008, the Freedom Tower finally reached street level. It took almost seven years to do the work that needed to be done to get everything done that most of us never see. The design process, the cleanup process, digging the hole, laying the foundation, building everything that's underground to support what is above ground. And most of us go and we look at that Freedom Tower, and it would be another year or two years before the tower itself opened. But we look at that tower, the tallest structure in the Western Hemisphere, the sixth tallest building in the world right now, and we just look at what we can see and we say, wow, that is a, such a fantastic building. But all of that we see would not exist without all those things that we don't see. Pastor Tony Evans, uh, he says it this way, and I love the way he puts it. He says, when he's walking around the city of Dallas, which is his home city, he said, I can tell you how tall they're gonna build the building by how deep they dig the hole. And he says, we got a lot of Christians in the church today who want skyscraper faith on a chicken coop foundation. The foundation digging is not the fun part. It's not the part that anyone wants to go through. It's not the part that gets all the glory. But if you and I want the life that God has for us, if we want that skyscraper faith that Pastor Tony Evans talks about, if we want that sort of result, then we have to be willing to allow God to do the difficult work of cleaning us out and digging down deep so that he can build the foundation that will support us going high. And when we shortcut the process, we say, God, I'm not walking through that difficulty. I'm out of here. I'm not doing it that way. I want what I want, and I'm going to get it my way. We miss that entire foundation building process. And we try to construct our lives, but we don't have the foundation to support it. And so when it feels like God's not moving quick enough, trust that he's doing work. That wouldn't happen otherwise. And secondly, when you sort short-circuit God's plan, your guide and your destination change. When you short-circuit God's plan, your guide and your destination change. If you really want to experience the best of something, you need to make sure that you're following a good guide, that you're listening to the right voice. If you really want to make sure you're going in the right direction and that you're experiencing good things, you have to make sure that you are following the right voice. And a good guide, a good voice can make all the difference. I remember uh, one time a number of years ago, before we had kids, I think 2008, 2009, we had the opportunity to go to St. Petersburg, Russia. And in St. Petersburg, Russia, there is a um, a museum there called the Hermitage Museum, very uh, huge, famous uh, museum. And we had hired a guide to take us through the city uh, for that day. I I shouldn't say we. Lori's aunt very generously took all her nieces and nephews and their spouses on this trip, and she hired the guide, which which was fantastic and nice of her. But this guide came, and he met us, and he took us to the Hermitage Museum. When we got there, there was a line that snaked all the way down the street, it was, it was incredibly long. I don't know what the time frame was, but it was going to be a long time to get in that museum. Our guide took one look at the line And he walked us around the whole line and to another side of the building. And we're like, where are we going? And what is this guy doing? And we walked up the stairs past everyone else, the other hundreds of people that were in line. We walked up in the building. Our guide said something in Russian to a woman standing at the front door. She waved at him and we walked right past. And we went into rooms that no one else was allowed in that day. And we were able to skip the entire line just because we were following the right guide. Jesus is following his father's voice. And the devil says, I'll give you what you want. I'll give you the authority, but here's the deal. You have to stop listening to him, and you have to start listening to me. And if you change your guide, you will ultimately change your destination. If you change your guide, you will change your destination. What the devil is offering Jesus here is not what God is offering Jesus, if he walks through this process. Authority over the kingdoms of this world is not what God is offering. God is offering something eternal. God is offering an authority that sits above this world, not in this world. And although the devil comes and makes it sound like it's the exact same thing, it's something completely different. If Jesus listens to his voice, he's going to end up in the wrong place. And I think it's so easy in our lives to be tempted to short-circuit the process and listen to the wrong voice. But if you start listening to the wrong voice, you're going to end up in the wrong place. It's not the same destination. Growing up, my favorite baseball player was a a player named Barry Bonds, and he started playing in 1987. I was seven years old. I still remember when I was uh, 14 or 15 years old, and I cashed my first paycheck for my first job. I went to a baseball card show. Does anyone remember those? I went to a baseball card show, and I looked around, and I bought the best mint condition uh, 1987 Fleer. Uh, rookie card of Barry Bonds, it was the nicest one that was out at the time, and I know that doesn't mean something to some of you, but it meant something to me, and I used my money, and I bought that, and I came home, and I had a special case for it, and he was the—he was one of the best baseball players of that time. He played in Pittsburgh at that time, and he was... Uh, a great base stealer, and he was a great outfielder, and he was a great hitter. And as he continued in his career, he just got better and better. And I remember uh, in 1994, the All-Star game was in Pittsburgh, and I had a cousin who lives in Pittsburgh, and he won tickets off the radio. And I got to go to that game in Pittsburgh in 1994 to the baseball All-Star game, and I was sitting in the stands, and there was Barry Bonds playing outfield. He, had, he was with the San Francisco Giants by that point. But, but there he was, the, the the player that I, that I watched, the player that I loved, there he was. I got to watch him play baseball that day. It was great. And as I followed his career, he just kept getting better and better and better. And I'll never forget in 2000, that summer, watching him just absolutely shatter the home run record. And some of you know this story. I mean, it was a sure thing that he was headed to the Hall of Fame. 100% they'd be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. But he's not there today. And he'll never be in the Hall of Fame, because it became very clear over time that he had taken shortcuts. And I look back on it now, and I don't know how I didn't notice that he was getting so much more muscular than he used to been, that he, that he had started rail thin when he started playing baseball. And by the time he was hitting all these home runs, he was a much bigger person, almost unnaturally big. And sure enough, he used performance-enhancing drugs, and it was part of a big deal at the time. So he'll never end up in the destination he was supposed to be in because he short-circuited the process. He took a shortcut. And the same thing is true for us. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, here's the deal. We follow God's voice. We trust him with it all. And we believe that his path is the best. And I don't understand it all. I don't know why sometimes God makes me take a right when I think I should take a left. I don't know why sometimes we're going straight into difficulty when I think we should go around the difficulty. I have no idea why that's the path that God chooses. But I listen to his voice and I trust that he knows where he is going and that he knows the best way to get there. And that along the way, he's going to be doing work inside my life and my family's life and in my heart molding and shaping me into the person that he has created me to be. And then if I continue to listen to his voice, I will receive the ultimate destination, which may not happen in this earth, but ultimately is the home in heaven that I am promised as a follower of Jesus Christ. That's the deal. And if I try to shortcut that process by taking this deal to do things my own way and listen to a different voice, I run the risk of missing my destination. And so I know that juggling school and work is hard, or being in the classroom is difficult, and that it would be a lot of work. God would tell you to do it with all integrity, and there's these opportunities to come in and to shortcut the process. You could find something online that you could copy and paste and turn in as your own. You could get the answers from somebody else. And I know that there's that temptation to shortcut that process. But if you listen to a different voice and shortcut that process, you're going to end up in a destination that you don't want to be. And I know that, that the marriage is hard. And I know that it's not going the way that you thought it was going to go. And you look in the book and you look in the scriptures and everything that God says based on your situation would say that God is telling you to stay in it and to work on it. And you're so tempted to shortcut that process and try to get to a place of happiness and satisfaction and intimacy and relationship a different way. And you don't know why God is telling you to go through this and to stick it out and continue in this direction. But I'm telling you, God knows where he's going. And if you shortcut the process, you may end up in a different destination. And I know work is hard. And you have an opportunity to make more money or have more authority, but you know it's going to take time and energy away from other things that are more important. And every time you pray about it, you feel like God is telling you not to take the job or not to be involved with that company, and you're not sure exactly why he would tell you to do that. Why, not, why would he tell you to do that when it's more authority and more money? And you're tempted to shortcut that process and go get what you want. God knows where he's going. Keep following him. Trust that he's going to take you to the right place and do things along the way that would never happen otherwise. Philippians chapter 2. Paul, the apostle Paul, talks about Jesus and the path that he took. And where he ended up. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, Paul writes this. He says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. This verse could easily read. And being found in human form. He gave in to temptation and took authority in this world. That's not what it says. He says, in being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Did you, did you, check, did you see there where Jesus' ultimate destination is? He was not given authority over the kingdoms of this world but that God placed him in such a position of authority that every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth would bow to him and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I know there are so many times and so many places where you can look at this world and look at how much fun people are having and look at how everything seems to be going well for other people and you can talk yourself into shortcutting the process that God has for your life. And his way takes too long. It goes places you don't want to go. And you are tempted to find your own path. Let me remind you this morning what Jesus knew. God knows where he's going. Listen to his word. Listen to the voice of his spirit speaking through his word. And do what it is that he's calling you to do it will be worth it in the end when he takes you to the right destination and does work in your life that would never happen otherwise i'm going to invite our worship team to come forward as we close this morning and invite you if you would just to bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment and let me ask you where is it this morning that it just feels like you're sitting in traffic and you're wondering to yourself, God, what what are you doing? Why are you taking me this way? Why are we going in this direction and why aren't you just fixing it? Where's the place this morning that you're tempted to shortcut God's process? To buy into the enemy's lie? That he'll get you to the same place if you'll just listen to him. God, I pray for us this morning that in these areas of temptation, these places where we are tempted to stop listening to your voice and to start listening to other voices that promise to take us to a better destination. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak so clearly to us and that you would grant us the faith to know that you see things that we can't see and you know things that we can't know. And God, we trust you this morning that you're doing work inside of us that would never happen otherwise. Good work. Foundation building work. It would never happen if we went our own direction. And God, we thank you for the hope and the truth. That our destination is secure through Jesus Christ. God, help us to listen to your voice. And thank you for your son who came and did it perfectly. That we might have relationship with you. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand? And let's let's end our service together in song.